it's Stacy Wynn. Welcome back to Clarity Unleashed. This is part two of a podcast series with Angela Roberts. I hope you listened to the last episode. If not, go back and catch up. This week, we're going to join Angela again as she talks about resources that were helpful to her in her journey, what good allies look like in the LGBTQ community, and just some other odds and ends thrown in there. I so enjoyed having the opportunity to talk to her and know you're going to enjoy it too. Here we go. So you sort of talked a little bit about allies and what a what you look like as an ally, because I heard you say that, how you're able to come alongside and, and help others through um, their journey. But what, what's been, and, and you mentioned friends earlier, but tell me what you see as a, as a true ally in your experience. Okay. Um, I do kind of go on to what you were just saying. I do want to say I didn't throw all this out initially, but when Christy and I were first praying through our relationship, we kept feeling like God was telling us, I'm going to use you in the future. I'm going to use your story in the future to reach other people. And I have, I've believed that, um, I've been humbled that in these ways that I've met other people, um, that God has used my story, um, our story, even if there was messy parts of it, even if it didn't start with the right timing. Um, I feel like that God, I'm just very humbled that God is still using me, um, to love people and to be an ally, like you said, to sit with people and to walk them through every question that they might have or to point them to people I've listened to or read. Um, so thinking of allies today, two of our, two of Chrissy's and my good friends lived with us in um, London. They were working alongside of us. One of them was an intern and one was, um, she was working with our company, but she had a, a full-time job in London and both of them watched my marriage fall apart. And even if I wasn't saying anything, they were observing things because we were just all really close. Um, And so after we came back, we kind of were like, okay, so here's where we're at. And we just like told them about our relationship and our feelings. And both of these women um, have been totally just by our side and friends. Um, One of them had, we told her we were getting married in three weeks. And she said, I've already told my boss, I have to have these days off. She flew to Texas um, and spent the weekend with us and helped us get ready for the wedding, do the wedding and stood by our sides um, at the wedding. Um, And the other um, girl, she uh, she's come and visited and we've talked a lot either on FaceTime or texting or whatever. Um, But she um, disciples, she works in a, a young adult ministry and, one of her girls um, just recently had told her that she was um, gay. She's had a girlfriend, but she really is struggling with her walk with God. And so um, our friend pointed her to us and just said, hey, these these are great women. They're married. Um, I worked with them in London, but they would have a lot of um, wisdom for you. And so 
that was, that's been nice that these two people could have easily walked away and said, I worked with you. Y'all are not who I thought you were, but instead have been very like been able to see beyond just our, what, what could have been perceived as wrong to see us and to hear our story. Um, and then just to stand by our side. But I think an ally beyond that is that we, we, our relationship is not what is the focus of our friendship with all of these people, but it's just being able to do life. It's being able to tell funny stories. It's going out to dinner. It's going to a conference or a movie or whatever. And, and we're just regular people. We don't have to, it's not all about our sexual identity that we, that that's the elephant in the room. We're just all together friends. And, um, so I'm really thankful for that. And that's what I would tell I would encourage other people who find themselves in a relationship um, and that, that are affirming is that don't make their relationship the whole focus of your um, friendship, that just be regular. They're just regular people. We're all just regular people, but they also ask questions sometimes. And I know because they love me that the questions they're asking are just with, out of curiosity or with wanting to understand for the future for them. Um, so yeah, that that's how I would say a good ally, what a good ally looks like. Yeah. And you mentioned some of the books that you've read. So what's made an impact for you in terms of other resources? Um, yeah. So, well, I'll even back up a little bit more. Um, in our first church that we were, when I was married and we were on staff, we were worked with the youth. And after we had left, we had several kids that came out as gay. And the first time that happened, my ex-husband called the current youth minister and just, you know, was very direct with him. Hey, he doesn't need to be in in ministry. You need to get him out of leadership. He's going to lead everybody else astray. And I just remember this was probably 2007, so a long time ago. And I just remember sitting back and going, whoa, this feels really strong and really hurtful. And I don't know today if that kid is in ministry or in church or what his relationship with God looks like. But I just remember at that moment going, I don't think that's the way we should handle this because there's a list of sins several times in the Bible and in the New Testament and and homosexuality is often in there, but so is gluttony and so is pride and so is arrogance and some of these other that we, even if like we cannot ever walk away and say, well, I don't fall in any of these categories because we all fall in those categories and all, and it says that those are what can keep us from, you know, eternity with God or whatever. So we all have that. And so to me, I was, I I always thought, well, what is the difference? Why does this have to, like you were saying, why does this have to be the sin that's going to keep us out? Um, So then in 2011, right after we got to Poland, um, Rob Bell's book, Love Wins, had just come out. And it was super controversial. But I like to read those books because I want to understand what's so controversial. Why are people... Um, talking about them. And so I read his book and as a brand new missionary who knew how to tell somebody the gospel, lead them in the prayer of salvation and walk the aisle, get baptized. And now you're in, I, this book totally wrecked me because it kind of went against that. And it was saying, you know, that is never an example in the new Testament. There are a lot of ways that people um, that Jesus says your faith has made you whole or today you'll be with me in paradise, but never once did somebody 
pray the prayer, walk the aisle, get baptized. And so that kind of began this like, oh, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I tell somebody about Jesus? And for a long time, I didn't read any books by people. I didn't do Bible studies that were written by somebody. I just kind of tried to read my own Bible because I there were too many people that had opposing views and it stressed me out because I didn't know who was right. I needed to know who was right. <laughs> um, and so then fast forward a few years, um, when I was in London, Chrissy and I did a Bible study with, um, some of our interns weekly. And we read this book called paradoxology, which for you, Stacey, I have sitting right here to show okay. you. Um, but it's by a, an author called Chris. Kendaya, um, who's an English, Indian English man, and he was saved as a child, not having grown up in a Christian home, um, from the Salvation Army. The band passed by his house one day, and he told his mom, oh, I want to follow this band, and started going to their Sunday school classes and became a Christian. But he wrote this book, um, and it's all about the paradoxes that are throughout the whole Bible, which there are a lot, almost everything that we all the Bible stories we've been told growing up, there's a paradox within them. Um, and something for me specific that jumped out at me was the paradox of the people God chose to use throughout the Bible. I would say that's a huge paradox where we think when we read in Hebrews, the list of the heroes of our faith, and we think these great things, if you really go back and read who they are, they are liars, they are cheaters, they are adulterers, murderers. Um, and then you get into the New Testament and uh, the disciples that were chosen were the ones that didn't make the cut to go on to be um, rabbis and all this. They were having to go back and just work the regular jobs or they were tax collectors, which nobody liked. And so that to me before this was again just before Chrissy and I were in a relationship together um began to go wow God uses these really messed up people and not the religious leader like the Pharisees um would have been the ones that we would have all been looking up to and following we give them a bad name today but at the time they were the religious leaders that everybody listened to and followed and God was like, yeah, I'm not going with those people. I'm using these people because, and I think it's because it showed his power. Like he, they, they didn't have anything to prove and God used them to do amazing things that we saw. And so that is a beautiful paradox, I think, throughout the Bible, because all of us, even if we don't want to admit it, have this insecurity of we're not good enough um, in some way. And I think just to sit back and go, but nobody was good enough. And that's who God used. And that really helped me, um, especially when things got messy. But knowing that God knew who I was going to become or what was going to happen to me, he still used me in a lot of really great ways in my life and is continuing to. So coming back to America, I now am like stretched in these different ways of my theologies and what I'm listening to and believing and reading. And so all of a sudden, like I started listening to podcasts. I'd never listened to podcasts, but I'm listening to these people. And then they kind of all start running into each other. So I started with the Bible for normal people with Pete Inns and Jared Bias. And they were a little bit more tame, but sarcastic in the way they were deconstructing and reconstructing. Um, and then Rachel Held Evans was 
like she and I could have been soul sisters in a lot of ways, the way we were raised and then our shifts kind of in beliefs. And she has been a huge proponent for the marginalized, whether it's LGBTQ or immigrants or um, Black Lives Matter, whatever it is that could be like, she just was a real supporter of those that were on the margins and felt like that's who God would have been sitting with as well. Um, Sarah Bessie, I read an article with her early on about why she is affirming and it was so like clear and, and loving and, um, it just really gave a lot of understanding to the other side, um, of being affirming of the LGBTQ community. Uh, BT Harmon, I don't know if you know who he is, um, but he was a Christian uh, man and he, he still is, um, but he really struggled with his sexuality, tried to hide it for a long time. And he has a podcast that he, it was a, it was his like a journal entry or something, but it was like several 13, 15 episodes. And it was his, journey of coming out and wrestling with God and um, so good. It's called Blue Babies Pink. Um, And I really, really recommend that. That was really helpful for me because he was personally wrestling and walking um, through this with God, not wanting to walk away from God, but also trying to reconcile his sexuality, um, which he eventually was able to do both. And Jeff Chu is a great um, speaker, author, um, and has a book called, I can't think of the name of it. I'm listening to it actually right now. And then, uh, Matthew Vines is a, um, a great resource for, um, just, he has a lot of wisdom. He grew up in Kansas, small town, Kansas, um, and is known he was gay his whole life. And so he has, he's a good resource to go to. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, put all of those in the show notes. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Rob Bell because you'd mentioned that in one of our Sunday night meetings. And so I got his book on Audible. I'd never listened to it. And one of the things that struck me is just, and and too, like you, as I listen to these podcasts, like Evolving Faith or um, Almost Heretical, uh, some of these podcasts, the, the language is so very similar between us and what you think is such an individual, crazy um, story for yourself, you end up hearing the same words and the same, you know, the same words, the same ideas start to appear uh, all over the place. And I think it's just such a, such a move of the Holy Spirit that's going on right now in all of these ways, just through even the word wrestling, uh, which is how, how the church really started, right? As a wrestling match between a man and, and God. And, um, just to see how we've been discouraged from wrestling in some church traditions and just the move of uh, a return to that intense, just personal relationship and um, with the Holy Spirit and, and how that, how that connects us. So even back to those words, even when we feel excluded by what has been our tradition or what has been our community, when you start to talk about that, you begin to find all of these beautiful connections with other people who are going through the same thing. And it's just such an inclusive and loving 
community that feels so very authentic. Two things about that. I would say one, um, we don't, we aren't given the freedom to wrestle like we used to. And Jewish tradition, even today, Jewish tradition is all about asking questions and wrestling and they, and they see God as this diamond with all these different facets. And so you just keep turning the diamond and you see something different every time you turn it. Um, and, and so it's just, they will sit for hours. And even if you watch how Jesus interacted with his disciples and the, the religious leaders, it's all question and answer question, questions with questions with questions. And, and that's, that's what they would do. And I, for me before I was like, I have to have all the right answers, which is why Rob Bell's book freaked me out because all of a sudden I didn't have all the right answers, but his book was exactly right. right. <laughs> and so I was like, ah, that was scary to me. But now I can let go of that because God was used to live in this box that I could explain. And now he doesn't, which seems like it would be more scary. But in reality, it gives me much more freedom to say, I don't know everything. This is where I honestly feel God is leading me or has told me. Um, and there's, there's so much more freedom. And it's not to make God what I want him to be or to make the Bible say what I want it to say. But it's just genuinely to say, I don't know everything. And I feel like that that's kind of the point of the Bible. Like, I think that it was ambiguous on purpose um, because otherwise we are going to take credit for knowing all the right things. And this allows God to, the mystery of God to be bigger. Um, and then the eunuch too goes, makes me go back to like when Jesus came, he is the son of God. He is who we look at as our you know leader and all this stuff. But what he would did at his time was so controversial and just like shifted everything, whether it was, you no longer have to be circumcised or you can eat anything or a unit can be baptized and be a part of the church, whatever it might've been. Um, all of these traditions that they had held for s centuries and centuries, all of a sudden Jesus was like, it doesn't really matter as much. I want your love. I want your look at the way I'm treating people. Yeah. I'm healing on the Sabbath, but this person needed help or I'm, you know, I'm going to let this woman who's touched me with blood, have that freedom to touch me where before it would be like, Oh, now I have to go and do all the ceremonial cleaning. And I, and so today it seems like, Oh, the LGBTQ, they just want to push their agenda and be out there. But I think it's, there's a lot, it's not just that there's a lot that's shifting in the way we think of things, but I don't think it's that different from when Jesus came and he, uh, he shifted a lot of things that needed to be shifted and, and upended. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was, um, you know, when you go through a period of suffering or kind of that turmoil of having to go through this, this uncovering of, a, of another layer of yourself and the spirit within you, like that can shift your whole perspective on, on others and other marginalized people and, and life. So do you have anything to say about how this experience has shifted your perspective? Yeah, I um, actually, I've had this thought, but I was when I was listening to Jeff Chu's book yesterday, he makes the comment in there about being thankful that he's a home that he is gay, because it gives him compassion for other people that have been um, 
uh, looked down upon or pushed to the side, um, exploited, whatever. And so I have said those exact words um, primarily or, or most recently with the um, police brutality against um, African Americans in America. Um, we went through, a, we went to a march with my daughter's best friends who is biracial and we did a um, unity in the, in the community rally uh, march with them. And it was so humbling. Like I cried most of the time and I was so naive as a white female, a lot of it was living outside of America for a long time, that I really thought things aren't as bad. This is just the media. They're just trying to play this up until I really, it like hit me in the face. And I started seeing how people really have been being treated continually today. And as I was marching, um, I was just looking around at these people and thinking, these are people, these are created in God's image people. Why do we think that is okay to treat them as less than? Um, and then it also, I've never marched in pride or participated a lot in pride. Um, a lot of it is because I think, oh, I'm not really like that. I just love Chrissy. Um, but as I was marching, like to me, all of a sudden, the reality of pride became just as real. Like they just want to be treated as a person. They just want to have the same equal rights as anybody else. And they, and everybody absolutely should. It should not matter anything about who we are, that we shouldn't get insurance benefits, that we shouldn't be able to have children, that we shouldn't um, have equal pay. And, and in our country, we are so guilty of choosing who is deserving of being equal, yeah, and, and who is not. And immigrants have, have been on my heart for a long time. And I've been, I don't, I'm not an immigrant, but I've been a foreigner living in another country. And I know the process and my name is on lists and they have every information about me in their country, which I think is totally fair here. But I think America has way too many resources not to allow immigrants to come in to have a safe place because most of them are working really hard to get to the borders of America. And they've had to endure a lot just to get here. And so I think that we need to be more accommodating and especially the church. They have been relatively silent through the pandemic, through the Black Lives Matter marches and the police brutality as far as being supportive of people. They have been, the ones that I know have been more outspoken in the inconveniences that have come to them in having to wear masks or having church shut down and then saying they're taking our rights away, which is not actually true because we're all still free to meet via Zoom or in right. person with masks in small groups or whatever. And we need to remember that McDonald's is also closed as far as being able to eat there. It's not, um, this is not a personal attack on our religious freedom. Um, so that's made me really sad that this is an opportunity that we as Christians have to stand up and to be the love and the hands and feet of God. And we aren't doing that very well. Yeah. And it's also just a, such a pivotal time in church history to not many for months were not able to go to to a church mm -hmm. yet. Um, you know, I think that the fear initially was, oh, my gosh, people are going to fall away. 
And, uh, you know, ultimately, when we come back together as churches, we're not going to have anyone, you know, people will fall away between now and then. I think the, I, the huge irony is, no, I think we've seen the Holy Spirit move in very powerful and unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. The protests are just one of those ways. Um, and I saw just this morning, and it made me upset, the, there was an article that I, I follow this writer who talks about leadership within ministry. And the article was about um, some of the the barriers that the church has encountered. And they were all around those things that I just hate about church. The How do we track people? Do we start tracking them when they've been online after 30 seconds? Um, you know, how have churches faced the fact that they can't get uh, in-person donations and have to move toward an online donation system, right? It's all of these uh, just... Um, Biz, the business side of, of what church is. And meanwhile, you've got like church on feet out in communities, church on feet that are out doing things for other people. And it's been such a, an interesting time to refocus on really what the Holy Spirit does outside of the walls of a church. Like the walls are gone. <laughs> you're, you're outside and you have to see how the Holy Spirit operates in, in this in this time. It's been an incredible time. And I don't think we've seen everything yet. Mm-hmm. So let's, let me ask you this question about uh, where you are right now and where your next steps you feel like are where, where God's leading you and, and kind of what you're immediately facing. I know you, you wanted to talk a little bit about your family and and how you are praying for some reconciliation there. So I'd love to give you the opportunity to, to share that. Yeah, I think, um, where am I? I think I'm, I am more authentic and open in my relationship with God and more at peace because I don't feel like I'm having to make sure I'm checking all the boxes and doing everything right. Um, but I'm also watching him show up in some very real ways. Um, he has provided jobs for us. He has, um, Christy was living about an hour from me and then just started like, Hey, I applied for this position in this place. And it was literally the city next to me. Um, and just like taking care of us financially or, um, whatever, whatever different ways, friends and, um, just good support in a lot of, um, unexpected ways that I'm very thankful for, which I'm like anxiety all the time, worried about stuff. Um, and so just to be able to sit back and remember and to be able to see tangible things that in the last two years, God has like totally given and, and, provided and also online community and online friends and all that. It's just been, I'm very thankful for that. And, and so that helps me looking into the future as I begin to look in the future and get worried about what ifs, um, to just remember that God has carried me through this and he's not walking away. Um, family, my prayer, my biggest prayer right now um, is just for peace in um, my extended family. Not just, I have two daughters. I don't think I said that at the beginning. I have two daughters who are um, almost 14 at the end of this month and then 17. And um, we are doing 
we are doing really well. And this has been an opportunity because it's been hard for them. They weren't expecting all of a sudden their mom to be married to a woman and they knew Chrissy before. And so trying to figure out all of that has been, um, it's, it's been ups and downs. And I think a lot of the struggle has been what would have come with any blending of a family. Um, but it still has been challenging, but I've, been able to use this and I continue and continue to tell them even if we don't ever agree on this issue it does not mean that we can't be in relationship together that we can't still love one another because for the rest of their lives and mine we're gonna there's always gonna be something that we don't agree on whether it's politics whether it's religion whether it's how we educate or raise children um, but that doesn't mean that one of us is wrong and the other one is right or that we have to completely cut ties with relationship the challenge with that, however, has been that the outside voices, outside of our home voices from my extended family have been speaking, because there's a lot more of them, have been speaking a lot louder to them. And so they're hearing things um, like, well, now if we invite Angela, it's a package deal. They both have to come. And my kids are telling me this. And that's hurtful because it's well, it's hurtful to me, but I feel like it's also putting my kids in a position to have to know, oh, I have to decide if I'm going to be loyal to my mom or do I listen to these other people who are saying things I've always known to be true. Um, and that's that's been really hard um, and hard for me to because I want, I'm learning to draw boundaries that I'm not good at doing, but I'm learning to draw boundaries um, for my marriage to, to have a safe place for our marriage to grow so that we are on good foundation. Um, and so some of that means I'm not gonna go around family unless I absolutely have to. Um, for them, for my family, they are looking at it as, I am feeling ashamed of my relationship with Chrissy or I know I've been being rebellious. And so I don't want to go around them, which isn't true at all. It's just not wanting to put myself or Chrissy into a position to where we're going to sit for two hours with people and never be acknowledged, yeah. especially Chrissy to never be acknowledged. Um, and so trying to find that balance of, also, because I don't also want to show my kids that, oh, I don't agree with them. I'm not going to go around them. So it's like trying to find this battle, right. how to handle all that. Right. And for a lot of people that are in the LGBTQ community, this is something they face. And I have not figured it out. It is all work in living process. Um, and so it's, but it is a reality. And I think whenever we can look and find that community, and make other people like I've literally had a friend say we can let us be your family right now um and and just see that as our community that's safe and that we are loved and accepted in as it's still hurtful but there is still like God is still providing again with friendships and relationships um in the future I have said when I first got back and I was really mad at the church um, that I was, I would never have been in ministry again, but I'm not going to close the door to that because I believe that God has called me to be a missionary or to be in ministry. And so it may look very not traditional in the future. I think I'm totally living in ministry at work right now um, and with other people that I've encountered and come across. And so I'm not going to close the door to 
what the future might look like for ministry. Chrissy has her citizenship in the UK, so we very well may find ourselves back in London in the near future, and who knows what doors that might open. So That's awesome. So I think we've covered a lot of ground today. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you opening up and sharing part of your life. And I'll just uh, ask you if there's anything that we haven't hit on or something you wanted to share. We, uh, we have time to do that now. Um, I think the only other thing would be talking about um, the fruit, like that, that the Bible talks about. Um, you will know my people by the fruit that they bear. And I think, that we need to be careful to just look at people and think, Oh, well, you're living in this way. You must not be a Christian. Um, because I, by outward appearance could look like I left my marriage. I got a divorce. I left the mission field. I'm married to a woman, all these things. Um, but I very much love God and I have taken all of this very seriously and taken it before the Lord in prayer and to study and not just to, um, just be what I want to be and, and run in the direction I want to run. But I've been very intel intentional to, um, look to God. And so I think that, um, just stepping back and seeing people watching people, um, and allowing people one to be where they are on their personal journey, but also, um, sitting with them and asking them questions and hearing people's stories. Um, you're going to find a lot more out about somebody when you sit with them and when you hear, um, what their journey is. And maybe some of them have been on a journey and they are not wanting to be with God because of things that have happened to them. And we need to hear that too, because we might have responsibility, maybe not directly in that person's life, but there may be ways that we have caused other people to not want to be a part of church because of our way of exclusion and building up walls for including these people, but not those people. Um, So I think it's important that we um, listen to people so we can hear where their fruit is, who they are, where their journey is with God. Yeah, I think we get to know God uh, based on how he interacts with us in our lives. And um, that's great in and of itself. But the really cool thing, like you've said, is just stepping into other people's stories because testimonies are so drastically uh, different um, between between people. And we get to a, a glimpse, a glimpse of some new way that God shows up in another person's life. And like you said, with that diamond, it was such a good uh, visual, just turning that diamond around and seeing one more facet, Mm -hmm. an unexpected way that God really shows up in someone else's life. Um, But I'm just so thankful that you uh, asked to to tell your story, Angela, really thankful and grateful that you um, gave me the opportunity to hear your story and share your story. Uh, I love your input in our deconstruction zone community and um, just love to see your story with Chrissy unfold. It's beautiful. So thank you very much. I appreciate your time and allowing me to have this platform. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you again soon.